It isn't pollution that's harming the environment. It's the impurities in our air and water that are doing it. Good evening, and welcome to the Early Bird News. Although, in all honesty, this is, uh, this isn't very early. One might even say it's late. Indeed, I had a busy day today, and I didn't actually get around to recording until... Well, right now it's 8.41pm, so I think this is a new record for the latest early bird news. However, I'm not going to let that get me down, so let's jump into it. In just the latest of environmental threats to the United States, this one, surprisingly not political in origin, the U.S. has been invaded. Yes, you heard me right, we have been invaded by yet another species that does not originate in the Americas. For now, this invasive species is only in eight states, or at least it's only been found in eight states. It is likely in more already. And for now, it doesn't appear to be carrying any diseases that it can transmit to us. So that is some great news, because its fellows that were already in the country carry diseases that are often quite concerning to us, such as Lyme disease. That's right, you guessed it. Our lucky invasive species of the week is the Asian longhorned tick. Now, the reason why this little bugger can be such a problem is because the Asian longhorned tick is capable of reproducing asexually. Now, when talking about the birds and the bees, things are a little different, but with the tick, one of them can make thousands more over the course of merely two weeks. And those thousands can also make thousands more, and that's why this is such a problem. These ones are also far more aggressive than the common deer ticks and dog ticks that you find already in the United States. I believe there are a few other species as well, but the primary ones that you see are deer ticks and dog ticks. Currently, the United States is naturally home to two species. You know, I should look this up. According to the CDC, there are seven species of ticks that are naturally occurring in the United States. The most concerning one is the black-legged tick, which I learned about 14 seconds ago is the actual name for the deer tick, which carries Lyme disease. Now, these are very unpleasant. They are absolutely tiny, and what they like to do is, if they get on you, they will climb somewhere that has hair, and within 24 hours, they will bite you. And I believe... If you can find and remove it within 24 hours of being bitten, you have a much better chance of not contracting Lyme disease, even if the tick has it. That said, your best bet is to remove it as fast as you can. Don't wait. And even more than that, don't let them bite you. So if you're going to go anywhere that has long grass, especially, wear long sleeves, wear pants, tuck your pants into your socks, and 
when you go inside afterwards, within 24 hours of being in this long grass, do a full tick check. These ticks are fairly common, especially the deer tick and the dog tick. Those are found all over the place. But the Asian longhorn tick is exceptionally difficult because they are aggressive and they swarm. So if you find them, you're not likely to find just one. You are likely to find hundreds. And instead of hanging out on the grass and waiting for someone to walk by, they will charge you. So now that I've thoroughly terrified everyone, here's the good news. Insects do not like cold weather. So if you're like me, and you're in a cold state, in this case Massachusetts, you can expect that it will take much longer for these ticks to get a foothold because they will die off very quickly once the winter comes. And by my estimate, we've got a couple more weeks. This is also not a huge concern up here because the eight states that these ticks have been found in are Maryland, Pennsylvania, New York, Arkansas, North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, and New Jersey. However, the population in New Jersey seems to have already survived one winter, so they're likely in New Jersey to stay. And at least, depending on where they are in New York, this is not clear. There's a chance that they may be uh, quite comfortable in the winter, because New York has very harsh winters, at least upstate. So that's the bad news. And honestly, I'm not sure if there's really that much good news here either, because ticks are the worst. So here's the takeaway. If you have outdoor pets, this is not the summer to skip Frontline, or whatever equivalent you use. I believe Advantix is another one. There's some good stuff out there. This is not the summer to skip it. You really don't want I mean, you don't want any ticks or fleas biting your pets, but these ones especially you want to keep away. Also good advice, keep them off of yourself. Now, there are a couple of things that you can do to keep them away from you. One of them is to cover your clothes, and specifically clothes, not skin, with an insecticide called permethrin. Now, the reason why you don't want to put this on your skin isn't because it's necessarily harmful to you. I believe, as an insecticide, it specifically affects insects significantly more than people. Ah, look at that. It has low mammalian toxicity, according to the Connecticut Department of Public Health. It is poorly absorbed through the skin, and it is rapidly inactivated by the body. So this is not going to harm you. That said, don't drink it. But... Yeah, you can safely expose yourself to this. But it's not going to do much against the ticks if you put it on your skin. If you put it on your clothes, it'll pretty much kill them on contact, because your clothes actually will hold on to it a lot better. Now, as I was looking into this, I kept getting suggested results for essential oils to keep ticks away. I don't know if that would actually work. It's possible because... Some scents attract insects, and other scents repel them. It's a bit of a shot in the dark, so you might have to test this one out yourself, and it can go one of two ways, and it can be wildly effective in both directions. Just because scents are very hit or miss with insects. 
but it did also make me want to touch on something very quickly with essential oils. There seems to be some confusion and misunderstanding, some of it willful, about what essential oils actually are. And I just want to clarify the meaning of the word essential when talking about essential oils. Things it does not mean that essential oils are essential to human survival or essential for the human body. Things that it does mean these oils are the essence of the object. So essence of lavender or lavender essential oil, which are essentially the same things, <laughs> pun intended. Lavender essential oil means that it's going to smell very strongly of lavender and have a lot of chemicals in it. It does not mean that it is essential that you slather yourself in lavender oil. In fact, essential oils can be extremely toxic, and there is absolutely no data whatsoever to suggest that they can treat any sort of ailment. So if you're sick, go to a doctor and find out what you can do to help yourself. Essential oils are not the answer. That's all I really have for you today, as most of the day I did not spend researching and instead spent setting up my studio. So with any luck, this recording should come through with much higher quality, much less fuzz, and much less background sound, although I don't think I actually really picked up too much, which is fortunate since I live next to a very busy road. Next week, I'll be taking the final steps and putting up the soundproofing panels, and I'm looking forward to it. This week's inspirational quote was, yet again, from Dan Quayle. Today's bird of the day is the blackbird, who does not sing in the dead of the night, but if it did, it would be singing right now. Have a great weekend, and stay away from the ticks.